I mentioned at the beginning of the Mass two of the reasons why we're gathered. One is today is the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, an occasion to recall Mary's apparitions to St. Bernadette. The other is that today is the World Day of the Sick, and that's why we have a healing Mass today. There's a third reason why we could be joyful today. The bishops of the Philippines have decided that it's time to shift from praying for an end of COVID to praying thanksgiving for the end of the pandemic. So today is the first day of the Litany of Gratitude. It's going to run, maybe you haven't heard of this, but tomorrow at the parishes, you will hear the Litany of, or pray the Litany of Gratitude. It runs from today until Ash Wednesday, uh, February 22nd. So today is the first day of the Litany of Gratitude. We'll do that at the end of the Mass. So for now, let's just look at these two uh, points, the celebration of Our Lady of Lourdes and then the World Day of the Sick. If you know the story of Lourdes, you know the, the, beautiful, the beautiful occasion. Out of the blue, Mary appears to a very poor, uneducated, sickly young woman, Bernadette. She's the poorest of the poor. Mary chose someone who you would say from, from the standpoint of the world, the least qualified, the least significant, and, and revealed to her a whole series of messages about God's call for conversion, God's desire that people come back to him, and, and a reminder of the power of baptism and the sacraments, a reminder of the power of prayer, and then the gift of the miraculous spring at Lourdes. Water has been flowing from that spring since those days, 1858, until this day. In fact, some of the water is here in this, this little bottle, and I'm going to sprinkle it on people after the Mass, the very water that comes from the spring at Lourdes. The water is ordinary mountain spring water. It's not miraculous water, but the Lord uses ordinary things to do miraculous things. That's, that's how God works. He chooses ordinary items of creation and ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He uses ordinary water in baptism. He uses ordinary bread and wine in the Eucharist, ordinary oil in the sacraments. So this ordinary people to be his instruments. So this is a lesson of Lourdes. And then at the end of the apparitions, or one of the last of the apparitions, Mary revealed her name. I am the Immaculate Conception. So the, the message of Lourdes is, has many, many elements. I can't go into them all now. But we rejoice that God has sent Mary to us to reveal his desire that we be healed physically and especially spiritually, that he provides the sacraments and he provides sacramentals, like holy water, as instruments of healing. Beautiful. St. John Paul II chose to make this day, February 11, Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, also the World Day of the Sick. He himself was sick. They say that he already knew he had Parkinson's at the time he called this, uh, first inaugurated this world observance. And St. John Paul II carried his illness for years as he as he regressed or, or got progressively worse with his Parkinson's until he died. His idea was not only to pray for the sick, to pray for healing, that's what we always do, 
but also to acknowledge that there's more to sickness than simply praying for healing. John Paul himself was not healed of Parkinson's. St. Bernadette was not healed at the waters of Lourdes, and most of the pilgrims who go to that famous shrine in Lourdes don't, do not experience physical healing. So on the World Day of the Sick and on, in this healing mass, it's important for us to reflect a little bit more deeply about what's going on in the experience of sickness. The first reaction, and this is normal and good, the first reaction to sickness is, this is bad, Lord, take this away, Lord, heal. That's the right reaction. And sometimes, very often in fact, the Lord heals immediately. Jesus himself was a miraculous healer and he healed thousands of people. But he didn't heal everybody and God does not heal everybody all the time. If, if he wanted to, God could heal everybody in the whole world in one instant. He doesn't do that. So that means there must be more to illness than simply something bad that we don't want, that, that God should take away from us. There has to be more to it than that, or God would just take it away. Sickness, then, has messages for us, if we're willing to humble ourselves. First of all, we, rem we are reminded that we are in a sin-afflicted world. That was today's first reading, of the effects of sin on Adam and Eve and on creation, sin is an effect of sin. It was not part of the original plan of God. It, uh, sickness, I'm sorry. sickness was not part of the original plan of God. It's an effect of sin. It doesn't mean that the person who's sick is the one who sinned. We live in a sin-marred uh, world. So sometimes innocent people bear a heavier burden of sickness than people who have worse sins and seem to have perfect health. That's part of the mystery of it. But that's, that's where we're forced to bow down before God because he doesn't just do what we say and he doesn't see things the way we see them. He doesn't see sickness as something that absolutely has to end as soon as we start, feeling su start suffering. So sickness humbles us. Sickness reminds us of our dependence on God. Sickness reminds us of the problem of sin in the world. Sin is a much worse sickness than physical illness. Sin makes us turn to God in prayer, which is what we're doing today. If, if, if anyone's sickness, our own or anyone else's sickness, moves us to pray, well then there's good fruit coming from it already. Sickness also reminds us that our life in this world is not our goal. Everybody will die eventually. Most of us will die of some sickness. Sometimes people die of accidents you know, or they're killed, but most people die of some sickness. That's how it goes. What is God up to? Making everybody in the whole world get sick and die? <laughs> that seems like a pretty bad plan to us. That's because we're only looking at this world. In fact, God has a very good plan, and it involves something that is beyond this world, beyond what we can imagine. What God has in mind for us is a life with no sickness that doesn't end, that is perfectly fulfilling, that's glorious, happy, in union with him. That's, that's where we're going here. So sickness is part of our experience on the journey. 
When we pray for healing and we are healed, or when we pray for healing and people are healed, we're moved to gratitude. We realize how good God is, and that's why God does this. He, he, he gives a, a extraordinary gifts of healing, very often. You go to Lourdes and you see there's evidence of hundreds and hundreds of people who have been cured. Although, as I said, most of the people who go there don't get cured. So, but a, a healing is in itself a sign of the goodness of God. But when we're not healed or our loved ones are not healed, it's not a sign that God is not good. Don't be so superficial. Don't think that your, that your prayers are not being heard or that God is not with you or that he's against you or that he's abandoned you because you're sick. No, he has something deeper and greater in mind for us. One of, the, one of the other fruits of sickness is that it moves us to compassion for those who are suffering. Anyone whose loved ones are sick and who has an opportunity to care for them is growing in love of neighbor. And that's a very good fruit, a fruit that will, that will benefit us beyond this world. So sometimes, and this is a mysterious thing, why one person would suffer for the benefit of someone else, but this is part of what he's doing, that one person's suffering can move many people to compassion, to love, to mercy, to, to, to one person's sickness, especially if it's severe or long-lasting or painful, can move many people to forget themselves and look toward the good of another, which is a very good fruit. So accompanying people who are sick is part of this day. We're not just praying for ourselves and our own healing. We're praying for the healing of others. We're praying for a solution to the sicknesses that plague our world. And that's a right response, a very Christian response of love of neighbor for those who are suffering. So God is bringing good out of this evil of sickness. And finally, this idea of, of death, which we always think of as the worst thing, Spiritual writers sometimes point out that death itself is a kind of healing. Death is a kind of healing. Death brings to an end our suffering in this world. It, it, it's, a, it's a solution. Now, it's not the one we're praying for, but it's the one that God gives in order to bring us into eternal life. So we should not fear death. We have a natural fear of death, but we should not fear it when we're putting our trust in God, because he uses even death. He himself died. He died in order to make death a channel into life. He, I, we don't know if Jesus was ever sick. I don't, I don't have any, there's no record in the scriptures of Jesus being sick or married. But he certainly took on all the burdens of the sick. He, he was moved with compassion for the sick. He knows when we're sick and when our loved ones are sick, and he has a good plan in mind for this contradictory experience. So on this world day of the sick and then this healing mass, yes, we pray for healing. Of course we do. And he, God wants us to pray for healing for ourselves and our loved ones. But we're also opening ourselves to the great plan of God who uses even contradictory things, even the worst things, to bring out, bring forth better fruit. That's our, that's our reflection here. So as we pray for healing and as we give thanks to God for the gift of healing, we also journey with the sick and we entrust ourselves and our loved ones 
to the power and the mercy of God.